Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cocktails and Capital. This is episode 43. Today, we have a very special guest, the lovely Erin Taylor with Strong Not Sorry. Erin, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you today. Erin is actually my only client who uses the profit first method and knows so much more about it than I do. (laughs) So today, I'm going to kind of give her the floor to, to talk and educate are one of her listeners about Profit First, but a little bit of background. Erin is a online personal trainer turned gym owner, which is extremely exciting and been open for roughly six months now. That's um, since May, so yeah, yeah. is coming up on a year. So it's super exciting. It's done very well. And I'm going to let you talk about that journey and how you came to be here. Well, that was very generous to say I know more about processors. I don't know how accurate that was. Really accurate. (laughs) I have been with you for accounting and tax things since the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. I guess we'll start with a very short synopsis of how we ended up here. But I had a brick and mortar gym that we started in late 2018, early 2019, ran that for a year. While it was successful, it was very, very strenuous on me work hour wise. We, I was not online yet. So it was solely in person training. I was the only person training. It was not a big enough space to host members. So it was just personal training clients. So long story short, was not sustainable. Decided to pack that up when COVID hit. It was an easy way to get a lease and went fully online. Did the online gig up until last May of 2023. Mm -hmm. I was online. And that's kind of when me and you started working together. And it was super profitable since I didn't have hardly any overhead. But I missed missed the in-person training aspect terribly. So saved and saved and saved and, you know, kept my eye out on spots here locally for the right retail space to open up. We found one and I made the leap. So this time around, it's been so much different, you know, having mm-hmm. capacity to bring on memberships and, you know, not solely rely on if I'm not there working, training someone, I'm not making money. So adding those couple of streams of revenue in and then also bringing on some contract trainers. So a few 1099 yep. folks onto the team. That's just been all the difference and, you know, not running myself into the ground as a business owner. Yes. The biggest, most important part of owning a business is not running yourself into the ground. Correct. Yeah. Which we talk about all the time on here, those boundaries. So you already had a P&L system, essentially, before we started talking. And Aaron's been in the unique situation where we've been able to do more of a quarterly review rather than 
us do her full books monthly because she's honestly a really good DIY bookkeeper. They're <laughs> um, saying that I am anal about everything. <laughs> we didn't have to, we didn't have to divulge that part, but it's, it's always been consistent. I feel like you've always kept the habit of logging in at least like, if not weekly, every other week and keeping track of things. And that a lot of that I think has to do with the profit first method and the, you know, two times a month you're going in to do all of your transfers, which we'll get into in a little bit. But you've been very disciplined about keeping track of your bookkeeping as a business owner, which is extremely important. And how has that helped you, especially with opening the gym, yeah. make these big business decisions? Because that's a huge business decision. So you have your accurate, timely bookkeeping. I imagine yeah. that is super helpful for those decisions. Yeah. And, you know, I know we're going to get into the profit first system a little bit later, but like you said, getting my eyeballs like on, they mm -hmm. call it like part of like your business and like the, the heartbeat of your company and just being able to see my different accounts and how much we have in operating expenses to make purchases and how much I have in owner's compensation to pay myself and, you know, making those transfers month to month. But I would say like when I came to you, my spreadsheet, I remember you telling me like, yeah, we could probably keep this for like a little bit longer, but we might want to go to the clubs. So if you are out there listening to this and you were like me, you're on your old systems of like spreadsheets and Google documents, like let it go, pay the $21 a month to QuickBooks. Like it is worth it. If Intuit is listening, please sponsor me. But I would say that that was a huge game changer for me, being able to categorize with QuickBooks and uh -huh. have, like, have you as the accountant on so that if I have a question, I can pop into the portal and be like, look, I have no idea. Like yeah. for a specific example, we bought equipment and then I sold it a few months later. And I was like, I have no idea how to, because we paid off the loan, but then we also got the money back and you were like, I'll go in and take care of it. So that's super helpful in our working relationship to have you there for those moments. And I'm super grateful that you were able to like make that like kind of a la carte package and do the quarterly calls. But but yeah, the profit first system, getting your eyeballs on, you know, where your money is and what it's doing and how much you have and what you need to change has been crucial in making business decisions. So this is going to turn into like, you know, profit first sponsor us actually. What attracted you to that system? How did you hear about it? What was the first encounter? Yeah, so funny. Actually, I so when I was fully online, I was looking at buying a house and I knew that having a W-2 would be more attractive to mortgage officers. So I picked up a job as an office manager and I was doing their books as well. I was like the bookkeeper mm. and the office manager and the marketing. Anyway, but they actually used profit first. So when I would go in and do their books, I was like, what are these transfers I'm seeing like, you know, twice a month to all of these different accounts? Why are we making so many transfers? And the business owner explained it to me and I immediately went and I bought the book. Mike, I'm going to not sure his last name is like, it literally ah. sounds like Mike Wazowski from Monster Inc. It does. Guys, oh, we'll just put a link in the show notes and you can find it. <laughs> so I read that book in one night and I was like, this is about to change my entire business. I, I already had two separate accounts, like a business account and a personal account that I was paying myself mm -hmm. out of, but it just took it like a step further. So, yep, I worked that job, how well it worked for his company and his business. And they were doing, you know, millions of dollars a year in gross revenue. So I was like, if it works for their company, it's definitely going to yeah. work for my company. Yeah. 
It is definitely a learning curve. So I did not finish the book in one night. I was not as excited about it. It is is a weird process. Like if you're used to doing something for so long, obviously, like it's going to take time to figure out how you're trying to do that. And for Profit First, it does require like a complete mindset shift too, where we're not just paying out ourselves out of what we have left over, but it's becoming a priority right at the beginning. So, which is why it's profit first. So anyway, it, but the basis of it is that you have five separate accounts, right? You have your income, your operating expenses, profit, taxes. I think I'm forgetting one, but I think so it's, it's operating yeah. expense, owner's comp, profit, oh, and tax. Owner's comp. Yep. So they're yeah. separating owner's comp and profit, which is again, like a huge, like what is happening? And then you're going in and you're doing your transfers twice a month. So that you, you have those accounts down, like you use every single one of them. So tell me how, how does that work? How do we do this? (laughs) If the owner of Profit First listens to this, I'm so sorry. I do not follow your method to a perfect T like he's ever going to listen to this. Um, (laughs) Well, thanks. No. He will, Sarah. But But uh, that's real quick. Like that's the highlight of it though. Like it can yeah. be customized. There is a spot in the very beginning of the book where he talks about how you have the five, but you can have up to like 25. You can have 30. Like you can make a profit first system that works for you and do whatever you want. But anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing that I took away from the book was the the health of your business in the beginning. They say, here's where like your target, like allocation percentages should be. They call them TAPs. Um, you know, it's basically saying if you have a healthy or profitable business, like a certain percentage should be going to your expenses, a certain percentage you should be paying yourself. Obviously, a certain percentage should be going to taxes. And then they always want your business to be profitable. So the best thing that I've taken away from using profit first is obviously pay yourself first. But then the profit that you set aside, you cannot put it back in the business. So it's been really fun for me. And, you know, right now my profit is only 1%. So I'll be fully transparent that, you know, it used to be a lot higher when we didn't have the gem, but now it's small. But I still, like today I made my little allocations and it was a little measly transfer to profit, but it grows. And then, you know, every quarter that profit out or half the profit out, whatever you choose, and you spend it on something not in your business. So I think it really made a mindset, mindset shift for me from I'm a slave to my business, I am not making money, I'm running myself into the ground, to when I really tried to dial in these percentages and cut back expenses and make sure that I was making enough money to support what I wanted to pay myself, it turned into my income is consistent because I Mm -hmm. set a small amount that I want to pay myself. I'm taking quarterly distributions out of a profit account. It feels like I have a legitimate business that's making profit. My taxes are there when I go to pay my taxes. I'm not stressed about it. And when I go to pay my credit card every month on expenses, I literally just press pay out of the operating expense account. When my rent is due, I pay my rent. I'm never stressed about the money not being there. And if it does get tight one month, you can adjust your percentages. And then that's a sign to you if you have to adjust your percentages, say up your operating expense and take down your owner's comp, you're like, okay, I need to increase my income here. So it's just so easy to get a gauge on how you're doing business-wise. Yeah, I kind of equate it to the, so the statement of cash flow looks at that exact same thing. So we're looking at operating financing, investing financing, finance financing. And I think that 
for a lot of business owners, like that cash flow statement is a little bit scary. We, you know, we talk about it in our monthly report and our quarterly review and everything, but it's an intimidating thing to look at when you don't have like an accounting brain. And so what Profit First, I think, does really well is it takes your income statement essentially and uses bank accounts to kind of have a cash flow statement. So that right. way you're looking at it. A lot of business owners are looking at their bank every day. They're not looking at their reports every day. So right. I think it really makes it a little more accessible to try to understand where your money is going, just like you yeah. And I remember in the beginning of the book, it's he says that if you have to increase your operating expenses, that you just have to make cuts. You got to figure yep. out what's important. And either yep. your income gets cut or your expenses get cut. And that for me was like, yeah, that is, it's completely true. But at the same time, like Etsy, a new subscription service. And I'm like, oh, that looks fun. We should try that with everybody. But no, we have to keep it in check. <laughs> wow. I, I got yeah. really sad at the beginning when we first opened the gym. I had to increase, you know, I used to have my operating expense all the way down to 20%. It was at 30% for a while, brought it down to 20. Now it's at 54% right now. And, you know, today is the first time that I made a transfer into the operating expense account for more than what my rent was for just half the month. And I was like, am I doing it? Am I am I actually going to be able to decrease this operating expense percentage? But again, it's just another checks and balances of being able to log in and say like, okay, I just transferred this. It's going up every single month. So when you make your transfers, like you can see that trend of how you're doing income wise. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It, it's been interesting to watch you use it. Because like I said, you know, you're the only one that I have who uses it so strictly. Like I do like a modified version for our taxes and and for my, you know, withdrawals and everything. But you're so good about it and you're so like strict with yourself about it and disciplined. And I think that's a huge part of sticking to it. And I'll be honest with you, it's why I don't stick to the the like real way that you're supposed to do it. Because for me, I tried it and I was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, and it's a I love on the 10th and the 25th sitting down and I modify it a little bit too because I don't pay our 1099 contractors out of my operating expense. I actually take that off the top out of income. So the first thing I do is I go to my bank account and I see what the posted balance is. I write it down and then I go to my 1099 spreadsheet of what I owe our contract workers and I like subtract all that out and I go ahead and pay them. And then that amount in my income account is like what I allocate out to my operating expenses and my owner's compensation and stuff like that. And I don't, the only other thing I don't do is keep my tax account at a completely separate bank. I just know that I have the self-control to not yeah. pull out of its account. Yeah. Well, and that another point too, like you have always been. And so another thing that we do consistently, especially during our quarterly calls, is make sure that you're paying enough in taxes and having this profit and loss statement that I can access through QuickBooks rather than the one that we had on the spreadsheet. It makes it so much easier, especially if we can't get on a quick call to go over those things. I can just look at it and tell you what you have. And we have that relationship over doing your taxes for the last couple of years as well, that I know what you have going on. And yeah, I know that the gym is the only thing that you personally have going on, whether anybody else has anything else going on. But we talk so often and we're in such like transparent communication that we can pretty much get your tax payment down within like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice to not have to wonder, you know, what I'm going to owe. And I'll say that to anybody, you know, I was very hesitant. Again, when it comes to money out, reading Profit First, you know, if you've read that section about expenses, they are 
like get it down to almost nothing. Like you want to get your expenses down to nothing. So I was hesitant to sign up like for a monthly recurring or a big charge. But I am telling you, it is the best investment I have ever made in my business to not have to worry about my taxes. Not only that, but just like big purchases and QuickBooks and knowing that like I've just got another set of eyeballs that knows way more than I do about like how to categorize things and how to depreciate things. And having the same person do both is really helpful too. I know some people have their and then like a different person to prepare their taxes. But like you said, me and you talk all throughout the year and you're up to date on everything, whether it's me selling a house or buying a gym or selling a... So it's really nice. And it it makes it so much faster. Like, what did you give me your stuff the other day? And like, we're already, we're ready to go. So the returns quick. Erin has always gotten her stuff by like the end of January. It's like the first return that gets done every year. I'm terrified of the IRS. I, in my head, the IRS is like on my coattails every day of my life. So like if somebody pays me on Venmo, even if it's like, you know, $20, I'm like transferring that to my business account. When I used to have my spreadsheet, I would have like a line item for Venmo, PayPal, Etsy. Like I was terrified of missing even like a dollar for the IRS, but. I know, I know. I I just discovered the IRS uh, Instagram account literally last night. And the second post on their grid is like the Mean Girls Burn Book cover. And I was like, this is such a perfect representation. Like you are a burn book full of taxpayers. I hope they're not. But they have our pictures in the book already. But but you've done really, really well. And I I appreciate, you know, the the feedback on on how much we've helped because that's like that's the whole point. And we just want to make sure that you're comfortable with your numbers and that everything is is going smoothly. We don't have fires to put out anytime. And I think anytime that you've had like a mild burn, we've been able to, you know, quash it pretty quickly. So absolutely. Absolutely. But it's it's nice to be able to just like log in on our quarterly call and be like, am I okay? And right, you're you're good. Like and I'm like, all right, good. Yes. Yeah. And for to like circle back real quick on your 1099 point coming out of your income rather than your operating expenses, not to like deep dive into your compensation structure or anything, but there's a whole, okay. Uh, They are essentially bringing on their own people and just running it underneath your business. And so that income, whether, you know, there's a percentage that stays with you, but it's, it's not your income really. Like it's not your client that you found. And so that makes complete and perfect sense. And if anybody's trying to figure out the way to to do something like that and to utilize the system, I think that's a perfect way to do it. It's not really an operating expense. Your percentage of the income is just your cut. It's just income for you. But it, if you moved all of that over, it's just, that's a lot. It's not, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I The biggest thing that like I wanted to do with the Profit First with using the 1099s was create less steps. So it's just easier to take it off. And then whatever's left over is the profit that I'm making off of having the 1099 like coaches. So it was, it made yeah. the most sense. And I didn't even help you develop that. You had that all on your own. Or <laughs> like you have brought, I think like two or three things to me and it always takes me like three or four months to like onboard it. Then I always do and I always love it. So it's like you just plant the seed and leave it and then like it grows. And then yeah. I... Like three or four months in the back of your mind forever. You're like, I think she said something about that. Yeah. But no, it's been really, it's been really cool to watch you grow and watch the gym grow. And 
just, you know, the whole shift in what you've been doing since we started talking. I think our first, like, I think we first started talking in 2021 when yeah. I did a webinar and that is like millions of years ago now. We've known each other for like three years, which is mm-hmm. wild. Ooh. And and so fun to watch you. This is the she third year you do the tax return. So that makes sense that yeah. it would yeah. have been 21. Yeah. And we started, I think I only had one to 99. And now I think you'll do yeah. to 99. Three this year, four next year. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting. Ah, so much growth. And no. speaking of growth, if we talk about your um, Instagram and your uh, TikTok, because TikTok is how I found you. Well, that's so funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you went viral way, way back. It's how I yeah. actually found. So we have a mutual contact, our business coach, is how I found Alicia and started working with her because you went viral. I followed you on Instagram. I actually reached out for coaching and you weren't taking anybody at the time. And then you tagged Alicia and something. I was like, I want a business coach. Let me go do that. And I've been with her ever since then too. But yeah, the whole reason I found you was actually because I wanted to work with you. And I went viral on TikTok. Yeah. And so funny. People tell me that all the time that TikTok is like the reason they found me. And I want to get back into it so bad, but it is just like, it is a wild, wild west out there. And I'm like, I'm not ready to get back to it. That's, that's a whole nother ball game. So long ago, but your Instagram still is is really, really good. And you have a lot of connection on there. And I think it's important for anybody who's like even remotely thinking about starting a business of how important, unfortunately, social media is to doing that. And like I had a lot of Instagram presence over the last two years. And then like over the last six months, it's been too much. Like I barely even check Instagram anymore. It's just so overwhelming i think there's a shift into that as well that people are overwhelmed and we want to take a step back but it's still like you get sucked back in and everybody's like sarah i need to see you on instagram again i'm like i can't (laughs) you are not going to see my face anymore but you have it i think pretty well pretty well down is there a strategy that you have do you map out all your content do you just stand in your gym and film a reel and go bye honestly if you go to my page you know in the past i've done content where I tried to post every single day, once a week, twice a week, once a month. But my biggest piece of advice for people, and this was the truth when I went viral on TikTok as well, is my video went viral of me sliding the bagel, right? And the 10 or 20 videos before that, there was no engagement, like no views, no nothing. But when people saw that first video that went viral, they went to my page and they saw all the other videos that had content there and they followed I got like 80,000 followers and they wouldn't have have followed if those other posts wouldn't have been there. So my point in saying that is even if you feel like you're wasting your time making content that's like not getting a ton of eyeballs on it, my piece of advice is spend time creating like quality content and don't worry so much about churning out content after content after content after content because you might get lucky with one post and then all the other posts that are there, people will look through your stuff. So yes, post consistently in the beginning. That's unfortunately to gain a following, you have to post consistently. But then once you get that consistent following, I've been able to take my foot off the gas because I'm not as concerned with growing my following as I am with connecting with my existing following. And I feel like stories are a really good way to do that. So I try and talk about what I do on my stories. I try and share client experiences on my stories and maybe post 
three, four times a month, maybe. I haven't done that in a while. But I find that you can do a little bit less educational content once people know that you're established. And you've always, those posts live forever. So reshare them, repurpose them. So spend time in the beginning creating really quality content and be consistent. And then once you like have that initial, you know, however many posts it is, repurpose it, recreate it, reshare it, use your stories to engage and go from there. That's Instagram and I are in a fight right now. So that's to say about that. (laughs) But she's still doing so good. But that was really good advice, actually. I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with that. So I like to end all of these with if you were talking to anybody who is just about to start or is thinking about starting, has started, and they're in like their first couple of months, what piece of advice would you give to that person about opening a business? My biggest piece of advice is you probably have enough information at this point. (laughs) Most of us, 99% of us will have enough information. If you're in the first few months, it's time to act. Like just you're the CEO, like no one is going to come and fuss at you if you mess up. You might make some mistakes that sting and hurt a little bit, but most everything is fixable and repairable. So don't get in analysis paralysis, you know, uh, read, yeah. hurt, take what resonates, leave what doesn't, implement it into your business and give it a try. If it doesn't work, pivot and adjust. So don't get too stuck and bogged down in all of the information out there and comparing yourself to what other people are doing. Meal, piece things together as you hear it and come up with what works for you and go from there. And it's such good advice. Not everything is going to be perfect from the beginning. We've all made mistakes. Aaron and I have both made a bunch of mistakes in doing this. And I think over four years, we're probably uniquely qualified to say that we're still here. <laughs> and it it does. It's hard. It sucks sometimes. And it's really, really scary. And things will happen that you're not even planning on. We both know that very well. Um, but you just push through and you keep going and it's going to be fine. Yep. yep. That was very good advice. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for being on here today and teaching everybody about Profit First. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode today. If you did, please take a screenshot and tag us in on Instagram. Aaron's Instagram will be in the show notes. And you already know where to find me. Email me if you have any questions or DM me and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week. Same time, same place.